Yeah, so it looks like we're doing a double, a daily double here with this night school. And I, I went to the doctor since I did the last episode, and he told me, you know, make sure you do two podcasts today. Since you're sick, it'd probably be good for you if you did two podcasts. Uh, that'd be fire, is what he said. He said that'd be real. That'd be real fire, really fire, if you did that. Um, yeah, he. My doctor uses all the slang, all the the slang that uh, the younger kids use. And what's funny about that is my made-up doctor not only does it, but the number of older people today who are able to learn younger slang and manner of speech much quicker than they would in previous generations because they have access to all the same stuff. And it's what I've talked about before, about how the generation gaps are getting smaller, but at the same time, there's also fewer differences between the generations. So on one hand, it's like, whereas a generation used to encompass, I don't know how many years, 15, 20, I don't know what a generation was. Uh, I guess a generation would be the same as like a genealogical generation where you know, the amount of time it basically takes to have a kid before you become an adult and can have your own, can spawn your own generation. So I guess that would be a good, a general number for, a general number for generation, general generation, generation general, generation G. Let's talk about that. (laughs) That's coming next. Generation G, Uh, generation fire, Uh, but uh, the fire generation. Uh, but, uh, you know, it had me thinking about how, uh, my, my interaction with my non-existent doctor who told me to do as many podcasts as I can because I'm sick. Um, he also told me that, you know, the generation gaps are getting smaller, but the differences between those generation gaps are blurring. Uh, you know, I've talked more about how like kids today are being raised by fathers who play video games all the time and kids today are playing video games all the time. And so it's like the the things your father does or your mother does are closer to what you do as a kid. And there are a lot of examples about of that. And then those adults, too, are able to stay more aware. I mean, you know, these parents grew up with the Internet, so they know how to they know how to run a Google search. They don't know how to use their intuition. They don't know how to use their natural Google their natural version of Google, but they do know how to run a good Google search, a good general Google search, general Google, Google, the Google general. That's going to be a position in U.S. government if the wrong people take over. It's going to be, you've heard of the postmaster general, surgeon general, um, there's a whole bunch of them, attorney general. Well, there's going to be the Google general. Just wait for that. It's coming. Uh, but, uh, you know, the adults these days, they, they can Google, you know, especially the ones who aren't too old. But even the old people, they know how to run a search. You know, uh, they've moved on from Ask Jeeves and they've moved on to Google. Everybody has. And uh, uh, the suffix of their email addresses is slowly changing from uh, AOL.com to, to Gmail.com. And uh, they know how to do a search, and as a result, and they look at the same things. They're using the same sites. They're using the same uh, social media platforms. So they're able to learn about new music, new, you know, new pop culture at a much quicker rate than previous generations who are kind of stuck. You know, they were kind of stuck. So in addition to the generations getting shorter, meaning I think like every five years probably at this point, like the generations 
each five years deserves its own generation name at this point. Uh, but it's it's also they're also less different than the other generations, if that makes sense. If that makes sense, another good name for an autobiography. If that makes sense to you, um, but it, yeah, it's it's a strange thing because slang is also a part of that, and uh, you know you'll see older people like where they feel they're really excited when they get to use some new slang term they heard. They heard a they heard a teenager use a slang term, and they can look it up. They can look it up on Urban Dictionary, you know, and see, you know, how many votes it has, and uh, they can decide to use it. They can say fire, you know. I bet there's a, a mom in sweatpants right now picking up her kids, saying, you know, oh, I, I saw the, I did a little binge watching today of this new show. It was totally fire. You know. I bet that happened today. I bet that happened everywhere today. I bet that I bet every mom who picked up their kids from school. I bet it, I bet some dads did it too. I bet some dads said it as well. But yeah, you know, the parents are getting more similar to their children whereas it used to be way more distinct. You know, you just think about your grandparents. I mean, my grandpa was born in like 1918, I believe. And he passed away a few years ago, but it's just like 1918, over 100 years ago now. I believe it was, yeah, it was 1918, I believe. I'd have to look it up. Uh, but, he, he, yeah. Um, but anyway, you know, you think about, like, how different he seemed from my parents. And it's not like my parents were on the cutting edge of, you know, culture. Like They graduated in 1966, you know. They sported the fashions of the era. They weren't, like, mega hippies by any means. My dad smoked a lot of weed, but he's uh, actually a fairly conservative-minded person, much more than I am. Uh, but definitely a longtime advocate of marijuana. Uh, a, uh, but uh, he, but really, my parents—they weren't people who like jumped on the latest trends at all. But yet, there was still something so distinct from them in terms of like fashion, demeanor, manner of speech, the way they decorated their houses. You know, it was so different from their parents' generation. And I look today, and it's like the lines are, are blurring rapidly. And, you know, people, it's like they don't even, do people even decorate their houses? I don't know. <laughs> I think they do. See, I'm going too far with this. Do people even decorate their houses anymore? That's why we're all similar is because we don't decorate our houses. We don't have as many things. It's true, though, that we don't have as many things, especially younger people. And as much as I try to challenge, you know, whatever, um, you know, materialist attitude I have. And it's important to make a distinction because, like, my whole life, I, whenever I heard materialism or materialistic, it tended to be, like, people who are just wanting to buy things, like expensive things, or they value material possessions. And that usually meant, like, use of money and, like, uh, you know, expensive things. Uh, but really, it just refers to anything that is um, uh, uh, material in our world, uh, can't think of a better way to say that it you know it, re- it refers to anything like sensual and anything that can be seen or touched you know when i say materialism that's what i'm referring to is the tangible world that's made of m- some sort of material uh that we can at least understand if not touch and interact with and uh but i, I do think that there's because of we have a lot of digital material we have a lot of things you know a lot of storage you know, all of our, all of my material is on the cloud, but I live in a bare apartment. But yeah, that's a difference because it's like if you look at your parents when they were your age, if you look at pictures, they were living in an apartment or something, and you see records, you see books. You know, they have things, uh, and people still collect things. But 
it's less out of need and more for just pure aesthetic value or wanting to like feel like they're associated with you know an identity something like that um whereas it was like that was the only way you could listen to music then is to buy records uh it was the only way you could read things is to buy a newspaper or buy books and i'm not saying that's any better i'm not saying that's any worse i'm just saying that's how it was it was materialism out of necessity because you want to have things to entertain yourself with and we have those things now and even if we have you know fewer material you know versions it's like if, that we hold in our hands independent of our devices you know that's you know getting that's just going to get even though there are these like resurgences like people are buying records again you know there's like people are quoting john waters if they don't have books don't fuck them they don't have books, you know, whatever. It's like that whole idea. Um, if they don't have... it's uh, a good joke. If they don't have... <laughs> if they quote John Waters about books, don't fuck them. No, but, uh, you know, you have that sort of idea, but that's what I mean when I say it's more of like an aesthetic thing or like, you know, belonging to a certain mindset. But it's like I do, as someone who's somewhat of like a scavenger and a collector myself, I also totally recognize that it's in vain, you know, and it's like the direction things are going is going to be less and less traditional material. Traditional material. Less and less toilet paper and kindling. Uh, for our gas fireplaces. You got any kindling? Oh, what's that wood for? Because you got a gas fireplace. Oh, we just like the way it looks. That's kind of how it is. It's like having a, a pile of wood in your backyard, even though you have a gas fireplace. It's sort of the lives we are living when we still consume, you know, traditional material media. And I'm one of those. You know, I'm one of those people who generally prefers tangible versions of things, but I'm totally comfortable with uh, the other things, too. And I don't have much cloud storage. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't have much cloud storage. But uh, you know, I, I do have a lot of files. I have a lot of things, and, and I use my devices a lot. Um, maybe not as much as others, but I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we're going more and more in that direction, and I accept that. I accept that. You know, I'm not really. It's, I'm not fighting a fight because there's some people who it's like they're just like analog only. You know, I'm not going to let it go. I'm going to hold on to this forever. And I totally respect that because having that stuff is cool. Having stuff is cool. There's no taking away from that. Like when I talk about materialism or all that, like I love having stuff. I love going to people's houses and seeing stuff. Uh, it's not a, it's not like I'm like, oh, look at you hanging on to the past. I'm like, that's cool that you're into something and you collect it and you have taste and you have thoughts and, you know, at this point, like, if you collect things, you develop some level of expertise. It's kind of cool. Like, you're not just hanging out on Wikipedia. Uh, you're actually, you know, interacting with something. Uh, but I also, you know, when it comes to, like, what's actually happening in your brain, it's like there's not much of a difference. Consuming ideas is consuming ideas. Listening to things is still listening to things. And you can't put too much weight on things like format or how it's presented or all of that. Although I understand more than anyone, like, what it means to care about that stuff, obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the, it's like, your parents did it, though, out of necessity, you know, and, and you're just trying to make a pale recreation of, of what your parents did in basically nature, 
Like when you see photos of your parents and you're like, oh, wow, like that's so cool what they did. It, it's like basically like watching a nature documentary. It's like, oh, wow, they had a record. Look at that record player. Look at that old TV with like the, the built-in wood casing and the knobs. Look at those knobs. Um, uh, you know, it's like you're basically watching a nature documentary. Your parents were just doing like what was available at that time. They were doing what they had to do. It was like necessity. It's almost like if a hippie were to watch like a you know, Planet Earth, BBC, nature documentary, and be like, look at how cool those animals are. Look, at they just knew. Those animals just know, like, how cool it is to be out in nature, just, like, living off the earth. Look how cool they are. They must be really cool. Hey, hey where'd you learn how to do that? Uh, meanwhile, it's just brutal. Meanwhile, nature is just filled with, like, creatures forcing themselves on each other, like... <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I just admire, uh, you know, I admire nature so much. I admire animals so much, man. And it's meanwhile, they're just like vicious. No, I do too. I admire nature. I, I admire the natural world. Uh, that's important to me. It's, I mean, it's the same thing as what I'm saying about like material items and, and just appreciating things that are tangible that you can hold and experience that way that you can interact with in that way. I mean, I kind of feel the same way about nature where it's just like, that's vicious. I can't, this isn't the lion King. You know, you watch a bunch of lions in the wild and you're not watching the lion King. I'll tell you that. Oh, what you think that you think this savannah is going to be like the lion King. You think it's going to be like the lion King where you're lying. No, 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 um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just that thing though, where now, because I think because of this access to everything through devices and just the way that things are communicated now, how readily available everything is now, I mean, your uh, grandparents are just like a Google search away from talking just like you, from talking just like you. And I've learned to accept some of the new words. You know, I'm one of those people who naturally, stubbornly opposes the use of these new terms, especially these tech terms. Like, it's taken me a long time to just call a text message a text. Hey, will you text me that? Will you text? Hey, text me. You know, I still don't talk that way. Like, send me a text message. You know, I, I like, I just like the, I like how it sounds. That's it. Uh, you know, uh, but, uh, there's other things, you know, like selfie, it took me years to even use that word. And now I'm fine with it. Cause I think I, I have this wait and see attitude about those words. Like, I don't want to use those words when they first come on the scene because I have no pride in being an early adopter of garbage language. But if garbage language is going to stick around, I eventually accept it. I, I want to wait though until it's ingrained. You know, I have no pride in, like, being an early adopter of any kind of, like, new slang or anything that the kids are saying, any of that. So it's like when selfie came on the scene, I was like, yeah, I hate the word. Uh, you know, the people who are using it repel me. Uh, the act of doing it is, you know, a joke in unto itself. Like, I don't know. I don't really have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with take, people taking pictures of themselves. Uh and I mean, I think taking like a selfie in earnest is probably better than doing one ironically. And you'll see, it's really cute. Like when old people, you'll see like grandparents, like want to take a selfie with their younger kid, younger generation kid, uh, grandkid, whatever it's called. What's it called? Like when a person's kid has a kid, <laughs> a younger generation kid, 
A grand, uh, oh, a grandkid, a general kid. General kid. The kid general. You heard about him? He's leading armies. And uh, you got to watch him, though, because he stops to take a selfie on the way out when he's marching, when he's leading the troops. Kid general. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's like you'll see old people who are like, oh, can we take a selfie? And it's like they'll take it with their grandchild, and it's really cute. And, like, who could possibly have a problem with that? Who could possibly resent that? And I actually got flipped off. I ran into my uh, friend's now husband, like, on a, a run, and he was walking, and uh, it was just funny that we ran into each other, and I was like, you know what, let's let's take a picture real quick and send it to her. You know, she'll get a real kick out of, out of the fact that we're doing that. And that's kind of an ironic selfie, I guess. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Uh, my handcuffs await me. Uh, but we took a picture, and there was a car, like, kind of a stop sign, and they honked and gave us the finger, I guess, for taking a selfie. That's someone who wasn't an early adopter of selfie, but they still won't accept it. They're going against the grain of time. They're going against the, the wood grain. They're cutting against the grain. And not only that, they're swinging the axe at us. For You know, they don't know what my motivation was. Even if it was a total... Even if I just wanted that selfie for its own sake. It's like we were sending it to... His, uh, his girlfriend, now wife, because she would get a kick out of us running into each other in the wild. It's all just innocent and fun, but somebody hated it. And I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person who cringes and boils every time I hear the word selfie. So I'll use it. I'm using it a lot right now. I'm using it right now, and uh, and not just in that journalistic way where like you can get away with using... Uh, fearsome, scary, big, bad words by being a journalist about it. But even then, you can't get away with it. Even then, you know, people don't even let, you know, you're not even allowed to use certain words in a completely objective, journalistic, or academic sense anymore. Um, I'm just going to use selfie. Like, every time there's a word that uh, you're not allowed to use anymore, I'm just going to replace it with selfie. Um, calling someone a selfie. A good insult. You're a selfie. Which is funny because I've actually heard that name. I'm not even kidding. Like before that word became this like slang term for taking a picture of yourself. Uh, I actually remember there was a Final Fantasy character named that with a PH in it, I believe. Uh, I believe her name was Selfie. Or there was some RPG that I remember there was a character named that named Selfie. Uh, but there are people who actually named their children that. And that's just an example. I don't know what that's an example of, but that just that does suck. I mean, there's no real way to get around that. It's like you name your kid that, and then they come up with this this awful new slang term for masturbatory photography, uh, which I don't even think it is that masturbatory. Like, how is see, see to me like taking a picture of yourself is no more masturbatory than taking a picture of anything. It's like your hands are still doing the same thing. It just happens to be you in it. Is it narcissistic? Maybe I don't know. Um, it's, you can't separate yourself from whatever you're taking a picture of. So it's funny to me that we get down on people for like, you look at her page and it's all selfies, uh, you know, and like, that's some horrible thing. You know, it does tell you about someone. It does send a message about like maybe what that person's priorities are, but it doesn't really mean much. Um, 
it's no different to me than like a guy who thinks he's a professional photographer and he does all those poses like where he's like leaning on one foot, but it's like it really doesn't have any impact on the cam- on, on the camera's positioning or he like tilts it a certain way and like leans forward. It's like when professional photographers do like ballerina moves just to let everybody know they're a professional. <laughs> like, how is that any different than just taking like a selfie with your cell phone? You know, I don't know. Uh, uh, but uh, it, it is cute when old people are like, "Can I? Can I take a? Can we take a selfie?" It's almost like uh, I don't know. It's almost like, "Can we like?" Uh, I don't know. It's like they're they're doing something bad or they're doing something they're not expected to do. Uh, meanwhile, though, like you know the the mom who's like, "Yo, I." While you were at school, I binge watched. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what they binge watched, but it was fire. I don't even know what it was. I watched some show. I binge watched some show. Didn't even know the name, but it was fire. That there's something disgusting about that, though. Like there's something okay to me about really old people trying to be young, in a cute way, versus people who are like just past the point of being cool still trying to hang on like it's way easier to deal with it when it's just like an old guy like something I saw because like people of my like grandparents generation and fortunately not my grandparents but people of that generation you'd sometimes see an old man like in the 90s wearing like a plaid leisure suit but you also knew that he wasn't like of the age where that like he was even too old for the leisure suit in the 70s when it became big. Like, he was even an old man then, and he, like, adopted the current fashion because he was trying to hang on. But because he held on, like, into his 90s and he's still wearing a plaid leisure suit, it somehow becomes, like, redeemable. That's kind of cool to me. But nowadays, I don't know. I mean, like, the phenomena that blows my mind is how... Like, out of all the fashion trends when I was in junior high and high school, I did not expect wiggers to, like, stay wiggers forever, which they've done. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that is, like, the one thing, like, I did not expect. I was like, out of all the passing trends here, like, I did not expect to see those guys pushing strollers 20 years later dressed exactly the same as they were then. Uh, That's commitment. You know, that's almost like, I don't know, it's like sometimes you would see guys who were like young in the 1950s and wore those like bowling type shirts and they're still wearing them as old men. And it that's a good fashion. I liked that style. Uh, slicked back hair and a bowling shirt with just two fat vertical stripes down the front of your chest. Um, uh, but yeah, there's some fashion trends where I'm just like, I can't believe that's one of the ones that held on. You know, I can't believe that that's one of the things that that didn't disappear. Uh, and, uh, we see those from time to time. We see those things where those, those people are true believers. Like they truly believed in that. And like for everything that people, for all the shit people talk about, like all, all the grief that Wiggers got and they get, you know, a lot of them were true believers in that whole thing. Like once they got into that, they were like, this is it. This is how I want to look. This is the kind of stuff I'm into. I know people are going to say I'm like a wannabe. I know people are going to say like, I want to be black and all that. And they do know that, like they have to know that. Um, but they were like, this feels right. And I can't wait to be wearing this when I'm pushing a stroller and looking like, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> with my wife walking like three feet behind me looking unhappy, you know? Um, but the, yeah, there are some guys who were just like, this is my thing and I'm going to stick with it forever. And there are some girls, you know, who were like, who fell in love with a guy like that. And they were like, that's the kind of guy I like. And I'm not going to jump to the next ship. 
I'm not going to jump on the next like type of guy who comes along. Like I'm impressed by that guy and the the shirt that goes down to his knees, like and his Johnny Blaze jean shorts that are sagged. You know, like that's my kind of guy. Uh, but uh, I like people like that. I like it when they just they they committed to that and they stuck with it. And in the face of all kinds of criticism, you know, that's love. That's love right there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there, there are other things, though, where they, they get quickly abandoned. Like, it's funny to me how, like, all, you know, I was talking about Gen X in the last episode, but for all the Gen X grunge people, like, for as big as that trend was, the number of people who were tying flannel around their waist, you know, and all that, you know, it's amazing to me that that didn't stay alive. You know, those people jumped ship, almost all of them. And maybe it was because grunge just got, like, too big. But uh, they clearly weren't true believers. They weren't true believers in grunge. And, of course, that came back with younger people. You know, younger people, you know, started adopting grunge trend trends a few years back, you know, because everything comes full circle, where it's like, you know, in the early 2000s, the 80s were popular again, and then, like, in the last number of years, the 90s were popular again. You know, you need a good, like, decade. Like, in the 90s, people weren't going to celebrate the 80s, but in the 2000s, they were, because there'd been enough distance that people could look back, you know, with nostalgia and not be like, oh, I'm so sick of this shit. I'm so sick of this shit. You need, like, a good 20 years, or at least you used to. You, you used to need a good 20 years. Whereas now, like, that's another byproduct of what I'm talking about, whereas I think the generations are getting shorter, um, and, and they're, uh, they're less distinct than they once were. In the same way, that's true. I also think that we get more nostalgic about things that happened practically yesterday. It was like when the Facebook movie came out, like, two years after everybody started using it. It's like that kind of thing, where it's like, remember that? And South Park, of course, I brought it up before, but they were hitting on that a couple years ago with their, like, member berries thing, which I hate saying. Maybe they did it because it's so painful to say that, member. But that's kind of how people are. Member this, you know? And they did such a good job with that. And, of course, they used it for some, like, Trump joke or something. But I like just the commentary on that whole, like, nostalgia mill. You heard of, like, puppy mills? Well, this is a nostalgia mill. And, uh... But it's gotten to the point where, like, nowadays people are like, remember Obama? Remember Game of Thrones? You know, that's kind of where we're at now, where it's like something happens, and it's like, remember this? And it's like, oh, yeah, two years ago? And that's kind of how people are now. It's like everything's moving so much quicker that it's totally skewed our perspective on time. And And when that happens, you have to question, like, is time moving differently? A friend of mine sent me a message, like Miles sent me a message a couple days ago where he just was like, you know, haven't the last like few years been actually 20 years? I don't know. I'm probably not quoting him right. And he'd be mad. But uh, something like that where it's just like, man, uh, it does feel that way. It does feel like on one hand, time is sped up, but in other ways, it's been slowed down. It's so weird, man. It's like drugs. It feels like time sped up, but it's also slowed down. What do you call that? Remember when time slowed down? Uh, But it does feel that way. Like, I I seriously did see something. I'm not even joking. I seriously saw something a couple days ago that was like, member Obama? And and it's like, to somebody, that's real. And I'm not knocking it if if that's the sensation they feel. Remember Obama? He was fire. 
But as much as people like still to this day mock wiggers, because that's like a fashion that's like not coming back. Like maybe there's some like super quote unquote like post ironic 20 year old who's like in the same way that new metal is probably like coming back in weird little ways, like stuff that was like that you don't look back on and be like, oh, there was something artistically and aesthetically valuable about that. Like new metal is not one of those things. Uh, like the whole like wigger, like subculture, uh, you know, that's not one of those things, but there's probably someone out there who's like embracing it and like getting artsy about it in today's world. It's just how things are now. There's, there's an influencer out there. There's one of those influencers out there who, uh, who's doing that, I'm sure. But, uh, those things like in general, they're not going to like take off again on a large scale, but it's funny to me because, you know, as much as people bash those kids pushing their strollers, wearing their, uh, you know, FUBU jerseys now, uh, to this day, they're wearing those, uh, they, it's funny to me, like the other ways that people like still kind of like ape urban culture, like the, the way they steal from, you know, "Quote unquote urban culture," which is to say, to say, black people and that kind of thing, where like the fire thing. But I notice a lot of people type in this. People who don't speak in this ebonics sort of talk type that way, and it stands out. I'm just like, I don't know when that happened. I don't know when that became the norm because it's like there was always like text message and internet shorthand. There were all people were always trying to like escape you know, the, the easy, you know, you know how easy it is to like learn how to type, right? You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not one of these people who's like, you must capitalize everything. You must, you know, type perfectly in a message, all that. I don't feel that way at all. Do whatever you want as long as you can communicate. Uh, but that was always weird to me. Like the effort that people had to put into like learning acronyms and shorthand and just ways to abbreviate things when it's like really not that hard just to like get good at typing. Uh, it, it just seemed like it was more effort to do that. And I, I just never really completely understood like why that, why they wanted to evade that, you know, like the amount of effort they put into evading the home row. And I never learned how to do the home row typing. Like I pretty much just use one finger on each hand, but I'm really fast with them. It's like a bird beak. I got like these little bird beaks who are just like, you know, looking for worms. That's all, that's all typing is. It's like looking for worms. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mavis Beacon hunting for worms with your your bird beak fingers. Uh, and, but uh, yeah, it just seemed like people put a lot more effort into evading proper typing than they, you know, needed to. But uh, the new thing, though, and it's not that new, but it's just people kind of using this weird, like, ebonic shorthand that they they picked up on somewhere. Uh, and I just, I don't completely understand why they do it. I guess it's to be cool. I mean, everything's to be cool, right? To get laid. It'll get you laid to type like that. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's fire. Um, but it's like leaving out, what what the, what I see is like, it's like leaving out verbs and stuff. Or, yeah, it's like, uh, like saying like, he mad. Or whatever, and it's like I'm not getting down on like cultures for adopting their own language. This isn't an attempt to be like, why can't black people just type right? You know, it's, it has nothing to do with that. Like, there are all kinds of reasons why certain cultures end up with their own ways of communicating, and I'm not I'm not getting into that. You know, 
as some sort of like cultural criticism. Uh, but it's weird to me how these kids have adopted it. And then you do see, you even see like, like housewives, like the people I'm talking about who pick up their kids and, and call things fire. And they're like, uh, in their sweatpants, it's like, uh, their yoga pants. Uh, and they'll, they'll pick that up where like, uh, you know, they'll say like they'll leave out the word "is" on purpose, and it just to pick to get that kind of tone, and it just stands out to me. It's something people are doing, something I've observed, and I I wonder about it. I wonder what people want. <laughs> you know, I I wonder what people want a lot, and I think a lot of people wonder what I want. Who know me? It's like, what does he want? What are you all about? But one thing I've given up is like really trying to understand people, and I hope that in my lifetime people don't try to understand me either. It's like trying to like, trying to figure you out. What lunch table do you sit at? Because that's how it feels these days. I keep using that example of the lunch table. I keep using that example because it feels that way. It really feels that way. Like the idea that like certain types of people sit at this lunch table and that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. You sit at this table. Sit at the jock table, the nerd table. We've already identified that there's a cheater table. The people who cheat on their homework and the people who cheat in sports, they all sit at the same table. Um, there's the Republican table, the Democrat table. Uh, there's the, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of tables. And we want more. That's what we're doing. We're going, we want more tables. You know, I want to, you're supposed to sit at that table. I, I just can't figure out what table you sit at. You said one thing that seems to, like, suggest you don't agree with, you don't want to sit at that table, uh, but, uh, you know, you said something that makes it seem like you don't want to sit at this table either. You know, we have rules at this table. You got to look this way. You got to talk this way. You got to think this way. And we'll know if you're not thinking this way. That's why you have to express explicit agreement with whatever we say. Um... Because if you don't express explicit agreement, uh, you're probably thinking something else, huh? Time to go sit at the... uh, Time to go lock yourself in the single occupancy bathroom. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I want to do. You know, a lot of times I want to do when I see people doing this. When it's like, you got to sit at this table. You sit at that table. I want to go, you know what? I'm just going to spend lunch period in, in the single occupancy bathroom, but not crying. Not crying like some kids did. I spent my entire lunch period in the bathroom crying. High school sucked. Uh, no, but yeah, I, don't, I'm, I just want to hang out in the single occupancy restroom because they got NFL Network in there. They got the cloud in there. I can access all my files in the single occupancy bathroom. Hey, you know, I, I can't connect to the cloud in this bathroom. This place sucks. This bathroom sucks. Why? It's like really clean. It's like it has a lock on it. I couldn't access the cloud. My ideal bathroom is just a cloud. It's just a cloud floating up there. A single occupancy cloud. That's a good idea. There's one cloud. There's a cloud out there for me. There's a cloud out there. But I do wonder, you know, what's going to end up happening with the the generations bleeding into each other a little more. Generations shortening. Uh, Generations uh, not really having as distinctive features as they once did. 
you know, because it's it's a lot of it's very superficial. A lot of it's just kind of like fueled by whatever you read that day, whatever you looked at that day, is is kind of like what your generation is thinking and doing, because we're just exposed to so much. But we shouldn't be afraid to change. I mean, that's the thing. I think that that's probably what we will see. Is even though generations used to seem farther apart, used to seem more distinct. I think we're going to see more change within each individual generation. Uh, this is my Nostradamus hour. Uh, Nostradamus. Uh, yeah, but I do think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see more changes within each generation. They're going to stay less fixed to whatever was cool when they were 15 or 16 or whatever it was. I think I, I, we're hopefully going to see them see each generation evolve more because I think that's something we do need and maybe in having these maybe in having more commonality between generations there will be more understanding too I have to look at the silver lining uh, where maybe you know some of this will just result in people understanding each other better because there really is this old people versus young people undercurrent in everything that's going on too it's like oh you're old you can't sit at the young people table Republican Meanwhile, like they're like, oh look at look at all the young people there with their bleeding heart. How they, how are they going to eat those mashed potatoes with their bleeding heart getting all over it? Which, as a squeamish person, I want to die just thinking about that. Oh, blood is scary. Um, the very thing that keeps me alive scares me. What does that say about me? Oh, we got a table for that too. Oh, it sounds like you have anxiety. You, you can go sit at the anxiety table. Um, the depression table. The, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, what does it say about a person when the very thing that uh, keeps them alive, keeps them going, makes them squeamish, makes them scared? Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's, we'll possibly see more commonality between the generations where it isn't this war between millennials and boomers. It's like, we want to vote for this guy, and you guys are ruining it. We wanted this guy, and you're ruining it. You're ruining it because you're old. Hey, we're all on the cloud. I'm not ruining nothing. I just think my guy's fire. We all have our guy that we think is fire, and we're all going to vote for him. Um, but no, I think we may see you know more... Not that people won't all agree. I'm not talking about some utopia where everybody of all ages agrees. Um, but yeah, maybe we we will see more understanding and cooperation. As you can tell, it's a theme. It's on my mind right now. While I'm sick, while I'm just sitting around, and I don't know. I worry about expressing some of these things. Not because I feel like I'm saying anything that crosses any lines. I don't want to cross. But I I feel like people are hearing this shit all the time anyway. If not what I'm saying, at least the general topics that I've been talking about lately. And I like to avoid them, honestly, I do. But lately I feel like I've been able to put them to words in a way that at least doesn't embarrass me. Uh, and that's important to me. It's important to my generation that we verbalize our thoughts. Uh, but... Changing is important, too, and, and if, if generations are more capable of changing over time, I think only good can come from that. I don't know. <laughs> you could hear as I'm saying that I'm questioning it. 
I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't necessarily mean the changes will be good, but I think accepting change in people is important. Being able to accept that, you know, your opinions can change and they can go back and forth. They can, you can realize that, you know, the way I view a certain situation depends on how I'm feeling and what I experienced that day and how much sleep I got and what I ate and how happy I am with myself. You know, on days when, like, I feel, like, angry and shitty, I stayed up too late and I overate and I did this, uh, some, I saw something. Somebody said something to me that I didn't like. Uh, and I'm walking down the street and someone asks me for change. It, it might be like, God, I, I just, this homeless problem is out of control. You know, mean, meanwhile, on a day when you're feeling good, you could be walking down the street and you just be like, man, like, I feel for those people. I'm going to give them a dollar. You know, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to really, I'm going to think, I'm going to think positive on their behalf. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to, I'm going to consider them during my daily meditation, you know, uh, and it's going to change everything. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think that's the thing too, is like at the end of the day, it probably doesn't make that much of a difference. If your opinion fluctuates on a given day based on your mood or whatever, you know, it probably doesn't make much of a difference. And, it's good to have a hardline opinion on things that you feel are truly right or truly wrong. Um, but if you feel like a little give, I don't think you can be afraid of that either. And, and sometimes allowing that give, allowing you know some the bottom to fall out a little bit. Uh, just like in the last episode talking about, you know, listening to other people and steel manning them and giving them the benefit of the doubt not just for their sake, but for your own sake, in order to strengthen your own logic and your own points and your own understanding of why you believe what you believe. I think like when you feel that sensation of like, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, which I feel a lot, uh, or just, hey, I feel like the bottom is kind of falling out of this idea that I thought I believed in. I think you can let that happen, and in doing that, you can build it back up again and be like, well, now I remember why I believe that, or maybe I even have a stronger foundation for why I believe that. Let the bottom fall out. Uh, Generation bottom out. This land is mine God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a land where children can